I'm not expecting that high of a view count on this one because I don't expect a lot of people to have seen it. So if you have not seen this movie, please go watch it. Come back, watch this. But with that said, let's review Pig. Spoilers. Unlike the rest of the movies that I have reviewed, this one I have only seen one time in the movie theater when it came out. This is only my second viewing, but I love that. I do. <laughs> I'm really sad to hear about the writer's strike that's going on right now that just started. Because writers have so much power in filmmaking. They are the puppeteers that hold the strings for the puppets. I went to film school thinking that actors were the, they owned the movie, that it was theirs, but it's not. Actors are merely a tool for their writers and directors to utilize to tell their story. Writers are powerful and worthy of being paid high numbers just like actors. Brad Pitt, he got 17 million for Fight Club. Edward Norton, he got two and a half million for Fight Club. Have that make sense. Imagine how, how little the writers get. This is the directorial debut of Michael Zarnowski, starring Nick Cage as Rob, Alex Wolf as Amir, Adam Arkin as Darius, and Cassandra Violet as Lori, but she's not even like in the thing. I'm gonna delete that. This is Nicolas Cage's favorite movie that he's ever done, which I find really interesting with how recent this movie is. It just came out two years ago. Uh, Rob's character is a Buddhist, so keep that in mind. As you watch this, he behaves accordingly to Buddhist teachings, or my limited understanding of them. Subvoiding expectations, subverting expectations is a plot device that filmmakers very often use, where the audience thinks that it's going to play out one way, and the filmmakers do a hard left turn, boop, something else happens, subvert your expectations. This movie is made out of subverting expectations. What I was thinking it was going to be, it was a John Wick movie just with a pig as opposed to a dog. That's what I was thinking. But this movie is far from a John Wick movie. This is like if John Wick went and just used his words and articulated his feelings to the assassins. <laughs> like in a therapy session or something like that. This is not that. In fact, the pig is a, it's not just any pig, it's a truffle pig. It can track and find truffles. I didn't know that they could specifically do that, but they can smell truffles three feet underground. Me no know that. In the culinary world, the culinary, truffles are top of the line. They label each act of this movie in parts. So part one is rustic mushroom tart. That's what they call it. We open up on a river. Rob is cleaning his cast iron skillet. This isn't too far from where he lives. He's just off the grid. He's in the woods in a big cabin that he resides in. It's not that big, actually. He spends most of his time out finding food in nature, bringing it home, and cooking meals. But not just making food. He treats the process like a spiritual ritual or experience. It's slow, gentle, tender. It takes place in Portland or the great greater Portland area, which is like five, four, man, 45 minutes from where I live. Part of me feels uh, uh, rep represented in that way. We find out Rob is one of the most, not notorious, I guess, but respected chefs in Portland possibly in the nation, but we know, nope, nope, read it, but no one has seen or heard from him in 10 years. Rob has such a rich history with Portland and they established that well, because I don't think that Nick Cage has a relationship to Portland even remotely similar to Rob's. 
but he acts like he owns the rights to the movie. Just by his acting on the screen, I, I feel Nick Cage's passion, love, and admiration for the character that he's portraying. He loves this movie more than the people at home watching it. He himself loves it. So nobody's seen or heard from him, except for one person that he trusts, Amir, who comes to the cabin once a week, buys the truffles from him, but not really. He's just, it's just a barter. Since he's out in the woods, he doesn't even use money. It's just goods and items. They just barter. It's every Thursday. Amir goes back into the city and he sells these truffles to restaurants. Amir makes the mistake of just telling somebody conversationally, we don't even see it, but he tells somebody about the pig, about Rob's pig. He obviously has no idea how much the pig means to Rob. If he did, he wouldn't have said anything. So a bunch of tweakers, they go find Rob in the woods, ambush him, wanting to profit off the pig, and they, and they steal it. Rob is not some martial arts expert or an action hero. He's just a chef. And bad things happen to people who necessarily can't go do something about it, like some revenge tour getting all the bad guys. This is a story about a guy... Let's put that up there. The next morning, Rob just rips off the cover of his pickup truck, starts the engine, but he doesn't even drive more than 200 feet before it breaks down. It stalls. He hasn't used it in so long. Now he has to walk into the city. He's even walking in the middle of the road. Either he's become uncivilized, or he simply doesn't care. I can imagine he doesn't care, because he is civilized. We see that throughout the runtime. He gets into the outskirts of Portland, and he calls Amir, come, you know, pick me up. Now Amir can take him to the people that took his pig. They go to a supplier, and all they have to say is, what do they say? <laughs> uh, we're looking for the couple that stole my pig. And the lady starts cussing because she knows exactly who did it. She leads them right to them. That's the movie. Nope. Actually, wh I was thinking that when she, like, ta I was like, that's it? He finds the pig? <laughs> it's just a tweaker couple that sold the pig already for drugs. Thing is, they sold it to a restaurant owner inside of Portland. Rob's like, okay, Amir, take me into the city. I might know somebody who knows the industry and can get me to my pig. They end up at a fight club of sorts. And I'm starting to wonder as the movie's going on about Rob's fighting ability. Cause again, I think this is John Wick. So I'm like, oh, it's going down. But instead, it's less of a fight club and more of a, you stand there with your hands and you see how many punches you can take in a minute. That's, that's it. But people bid on you right before it happens, depending on their judgment of, you know, they're placing their bets. <laughs> Rob takes a lot of punches. The dude running the timer hates Rob and lets, lets it go over like 15 seconds while the dude just wails on him. So he gets beat up and he gets paid because he hasn't seen or needed money in like 10 years because he's been in the woods. And then he continues on his, you know, searching for his pig with deep pockets now. Part two <laughs> is called Mom's French Toast and Deconstructed Scallops. I know not why. <laughs> now we see where Amir lives in a high-rise apartment, totally opposite of Rob. He cooks a meal for Rob, and it's really basic. He even sets off the smoke alarm. While they eat, uh, Amir just tells Rob a story. Just pass the time. Actually, in theaters, 
I totally missed this scene. I didn't recognize it watching it back the second time. So I was like, huh? But I knew what it was because when I got back, my friend Joey was like, it was this whole thing. And it was really important. I totally missed like one of the most important parts of the scene. It's setting up the climax. And I totally missed it. Anyways, got it this time. Wrote it. Wrote a paragraph. I've already said most of it. Yes, while they eat, Amir tells Rob a story about how his parents, their marriage was like falling apart. It was in a really bad spot. One night they went to a restaurant. They had a meal. They came back. They were so happy. It was a meal that they talked about forever. Until the mom ended up attempting to off herself. But we do see later that she's on life support. And she's been on life support for a long time. This meal that he talks about, his parents having and seeing the happiness... It's important, and it comes back later. Rob's immediate response to what Amir just said, I don't understand it. <laughs> he just talks about a natural disaster that's going to happen and would literally kill everybody and that we shouldn't care. <laughs> it's like this really grandiose, nihilistic point of view and a way to respond to everything that Amir just said. It's like, it's to his small little personal story. It's like, totally, he doesn't know how to relate to another person. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. He just hasn't had a conversation in a long time. Hmm. Since Rob is in the city, he visits the home, the house that he used to live in. He like, sneaks around the backyard. Definitely not supposed to do that. And he encounters a little kid, just like playing the drums. And he just sits down with him and asks about the persimmons tree. But you know that he used to sit on this back porch. He at least sat on this porch with his wife. And you know, it's not a very long scene, but it's meaningful. And actually, there was an hour cut out of this movie, so it, it was probably longer. I know what it's like to revisit a home that you've moved out of. And the nostalgia that comes with that. Rob and Amir visit a restaurant, and they inquire about the truffles. The chef comes out, doesn't recognize Rob for a little bit, but when he does, he like sits down and starts fangirling all about him. He's like, Chef Rob Feld, we haven't seen you in a decade. He even worked for Rob back in the day for two months and Rob remembers exactly why he fired him. Then he says, somebody stole my truffle pig. And the chef almost seems to know something about it. He tries convincing Rob that the restaurants need it more. <laughs> Rob is angry. But instead of going forward with his anger, he actually sits back, adjusts himself, and then asks a question. And then another question. And another. And the, the point that he's making is very valid each time, but he's verbally deconstructing the chef by going, Why do you care about these people? You live your life for these people, and they don't see you. They don't notice you. And he's asking questions like that, and the chef's like, the chef can't even respond. He, he just chugs like the glass of wine. It's like somebody else's wine in front of him. Rob ends the scene with, who has my pig? And the chef does know. He responds with, he's not someone you want to make angry. That's all Amir needs to hear. He knows exactly who this person is. It's Darius, his father. Amir's father. Rob totally feels betrayed now. Amir told Darius about the pig. Darius hired a bunch of tweakers, obviously, to go get the pig. So Rob demands Darius's address and he goes hunting. 
but it's still not kind of the hunting we think. He just wants his pig back. And if he can do it without violence, that's the route that he would prefer. Like I said, it's a non-violent John Wick. We finally meet Darius after a Thumthique one fifth. He and Robert talking, but disagreeing. Dude, I love how, how they do this. Darius is not giving the pig back that easily. He says, I control myself very well, but I don't think you know who I am. And I, I, I think Rob could say the same thing. I do believe that he could go rogue, but is choosing not to. That's a last resort, because if he was to flip that switch and go rogue, it would be a catastrophe, possibly the end of his life. He'd end up in jail, something like that. Darius's tactics involve bribing. I'll pay you 15000 20000 25000 Then he tries threatening Rob, but his tactics neither appeal or intimidate, appeal nor intimidate Rob in the slightest, actually. They verbally go for each other's throats, each other's hearts. Because one of them is late 50s, the other is early 60s. So I love that they share the screen together. And lost my train of thought. Rob just says to him, Were you always like this? Or did it just happen after she died? Because of what Amir told him earlier. Darius just responds, Were you? You made the right choice living in the woods. You had your moment in Portland, but there's nothing here for you more anymore. They just assaulted each other with words, conversationally. It was casual, but still a sword fight. Amir is outside of his dad's house waiting for Rob to come down because he is told, get out of my house. Darius is not making any sort of a deal with him. He and Amir reconcile, and Rob does confess to him in this conversation that he loves the pig. And to leave it at that would be too shallow, I think. I think that there's a representative quality to the pig and his wife. He wholesomely loves the pig because I think all of his grief he has not dealt with, he has placed on the pig. We see that briefly with the tape of his wife singing that he can't listen to in the very beginning. He has an idea though. He writes it down. It's a bunch of items that Amir needs to go get. He gives him permission to use his name, his own name. Not Amir's name. Come on, guys. Grammar makes it so complicated. It's so cool how they establish Rob Feld as being a resounding name in Portland. Having resounding effect, I mean. Every time his name is mentioned, doors are like immediately unlocked or people are like, oh, Rob Feld is in the building. He's a legend in Portland. They do a really good job of establishing that. Part three. Did I read part two? Oh, puta mierda. I didn't read part two. Okay, part two was, uh, well, maybe I'll insert it. Part two, Mom's French Toast and Deconstruct... Oh, I did. Hey, guys, I read part two. I read part two, didn't I? Okay, well, back to the part three part. A bird, a bottle, and a salt... Wait. <laughs> okay, part three. A bird, a bottle, and a salted baguette. <laughs> There's a little scene with Amir... But I don't even, like, I didn't even write down what happened. Then it cuts to a long one-take static shot, wide shot. Rob is sitting in a bakery with a baker. Kinda makes sense. <coughs> the two of them have professional history. He asks her, do you still have the salted baguette? Which adds an element to Rob's character that I enjoy so much. It's the fact that just the question alone to me makes me imagine this entire history 
of discovering the baguette, how many times he came to order it, how long it's been since he's had it, and how many times he's thought about it since he's had it last, in the last decade. That's really good art. In just a simple line or a question, couple of, couple of, whatever, something asked by the character, it spawns on an entire history in my imagination. Small details carry big weight. At the very end of this scene, we learn that the bakery belonged to his wife, Lori, his, his wife who's passed. Just another bombshell through a couple lines of dialogue. It's craftsmanship in the writing. Like I said, Rob and Amir cook a meal together at the end. I love it. It's, it's like bright and slow. Represents, it represents what it feels like, what little experience I've had cooking with any sort of care or love. <laughs> they give the prep and attention to detail that you only do if you love it. The meal that they prepare is the same meal that Amir told Rob about, about his own parents, when their marriage was in ruins, that one meal that they had, that they praised and told everyone about up until her accident. Darius, the antagonist, is sitting there with a meal, confused, the dude Rob that he just stole the pig from and told to get out of his house is like cooking a meal for him. Am I being poisoned? He's okay with it. It's it, because it does seem familiar. Rob sits down, starts eating. This is the climax of the movie. Darius takes a bite. Gears start churning. He takes in the aroma of the wine and he sips it. And that one meal comes flooding back to him with emotion. If this was a meal that they had had over and over, this scene would not have nearly as much effect. The writers knew that. But because they only had it once, Darius is overwhelmed with emotion that he leaves the room. He breaks down crying. Rob defeats the man that took his pig by cooking him a meal and triggering emotional memories. Right after this, Darius, all guards are down, so he confesses to Rob that the pig is already dead. They were too rough with it in transit, and they accidentally killed it already. It was no use. Rob's distraught by this. He sobs and it, the, the movie kind of drones and cuts out audio. He has an inaudible sob, but you, can, you know that he's wailing. Darius just gave Rob the same reaction that he gave him. By pulling on one another's core heartstrings that had to do with their individual wives through food and a pig. In a sense, they just healed together. That's the climax of the movie, is healing. Rob says at the end, if I had never come looking for her in my head, she wouldn't, she would still be alive, which is meaningful. But, and, and Amir says, but she wouldn't be. Bringing his thought process back to reality, to think that she's still alive, but she's not, is actually worse. To be delusional about it is a lot worse. So far, he's been confronting other delusional people, and now Amir just was that person for him giving him the wake-up call. Rob says, I'll see you Thursday. And so, I think he's going to be able to cope with it. And he even realizes that his love for the pig might have been silly to begin with. He returns to his cabin, and he's finally able to cope. Something about learning that the pig was dead finally allowed him to grieve, or even start to grieve his wife. It's been ten years that he's been placing the grief on other things, and just never deal with it. Now he finally gets to sit with the grief and listen to the tape of his wife singing. 
which is why this movie is so beautiful and has one of the best messages I've seen in most recent movies. It doesn't have a secret, woke agenda that it's pushing. What it's pushing is actually a breath of fresh air. It's very tender and kind and quiet and peaceful. People will say boring or disengaging, but not me. I find this movie engaging the entire time. One hour was cut from this movie, like I said. So that might have been a bit harder to sit through, but 90 minutes, that's fine. And hopefully you found it relatively easy to sit through as well. If you're one of those people, fifth bump. Thanks for watching, guys. Peace. That's my review.